0: Alhamdulillah, لله was a على Was Salam and amma about him, the dean of in a shaitan and wa Bikal Abilizati amma yasifoon. Was Allah Muhammad. Allahumma salli 'ala sinuna Muhammad la adi Sinuna Muhammadu wa barik wa If a person in this world puts their effort into something they really try they work hard they put their hard labor and sweat into it and then they pray to Allah Ta'ala and make dua to Allah Ta'ala that Allah make them successful and they want really badly to succeed in that effort and if after all of that hard work and effort they don't get their achievement, they don't get what they wanted, how sad do they become? Can you imagine like a farmer who works, who plants the seeds sows the ground, works all year round And that when it comes time for his crop to be harvested, he is unable to get any crop, that the crop fails, there's a rot in the crop, that he doesn't get the fruit. Can you imagine how sad they will become? That feeling of sadness is called Hasra. It's called Hasrat. It means having a remorse and regret, a sense of loss, a sense of loss, a sense of failure, that all my efforts and trials went in vain. Just like that, similarly in this world, if a person made effort, made amal, made ibadat, was doing khidmat of ilm, khidmat of din, khidmat of tasawwuf, da'wah, Tablik, any khidmat, and was making ibadat and a'mal, but if they didn't have ikhlas in that, And they show up on the Day of Judgment. And then they see that all of the effort they made, all the actions they did, all the worship they offered is not mukbul to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Can you imagine the hasrat they will have? Can you imagine the sadness they will have? Because Allah ta'ala has made a condition, mukhlisina luhuddeen, that we will offer everything in we deen in pure sincerity. There's some things in this world that have to be 100%. Even our water, if you want it to be khalis, it has to be 100% pure. So then imagine how pure Allah Ta'ala wants our ibadat, our amal, our khidmat of deen to be. Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an, Allah lillahi deen al-khalis, that know that to Allah Ta'ala the only thing that will be accepted in the law is ad-deen al-khalis, is the pure, true, sincere deen anything and everything that was done only and only for His name, only for His sake, only for His pleasure, ilai <speaking in> kalimatillah, <Hebrew> to exalt His name, to exalt the kalima, anything other than that, even the slightest adulteration, adnā <speaking> simalawat, <in Hebrew> the slightest adulteration will not be accepted by Allah ta'ala. This means we need to have so much ikhlas, so much ikhlas, now i give you a story from our own Mashaikh in our Salsila, Hazrat Khwaja Bayezid Bustami It's written in the works of our Salsila that once Hazrat Khwaja Bayezid Bustami was reciting Quran and he was reciting Surah Taha and he was reciting Surah Taha and then he says that there was a person that he knew, a person who knew him and who was known to him happened to walk by and he noticed, he just noticed that that person is walking by and a thought occurred to him that that person is walking by, I noticed them, maybe they noticed me, maybe they noticed me that I was sitting here reciting Quran. So that night he says I had a dream and in that dream I saw Surah Taha and it was being recited and it was written with gold and I kept seeing, it. kept seeing that all of a sudden there were a few ayat missing. There was a gap. And I was amazed that how can there be these ayat missing in Surah Taha? And then I remembered that, oh, these are the same verses I was reciting at that moment that my friend, my acquaintance passed by and I had this thought that I noticed him and maybe he noticed me. So he says, I realized that just this little bit that I noticed them and thought maybe they noticed me. Allah made me mahroom of the suwaab of that recitation. Allahu akbar. Ajib. (laughs) Allah lillahi d al khalis, that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belongs a al khalis, only that khalis deen, only pure deen. Any amal which has even the slightest ghair in it, has the slightest gharaz in has the, uh, some other than Allah Ta'ala done slightly for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, done for the slightest ulterior motive, done partially for my sake also, for my benefit also, for my name also, for my fame also. It's not that only for me, but it was also for me. It wasn't only for Allah. Allah Ta'ala will not accept that amal on the Day of Judgment. One hundred percent that amal has to be khalis, mukhlis for Allah Ta'ala. It's like people want to have 24 karat gold. What do they mean? They say that that's the real gold. Free of any and all impurities. This is what Allah wants. He wants 24 karat amal. That is what will be Accepted by Allah Ta'ala. Even then it is only His mercy that He will accept it. But He will grace it with His kubuliya, And then He will send His rahma, And He will admit us into Jannah inshallah. If we bring these 24 karat gold amal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why in our deen there is so much emphasis on niya. إِنَّمَا أَعْمَالُ بِالْنِيَّاتِ لِكُلِّ in ma نَوَى What is your intention? un النِّيَّةِ Make sure it's correct. Make it better. Make it more better. Make it more better. Try to have the best intention for anything and everything that you do. This is an effort. This is a long effort. This requires effort to correct our niya. Now, who is going to check the ikhlas? Allah Akbar. Allah Taala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, we may be able to fool others. We may even be able to fool ourselves. But there's no fooling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the Day of Judgment. Every amal will be scrutinized and examined by Allah wa ta'ala. And many of you know very well-known hadith. Maybe even all of you know that. That who is going to be the first people who are punished on the Day of Judgment. It's hadith. I may at times say a little Urdu. If I say any Urdu, don't worry. I will translate it immediately afterwards. You have nothing to worry about. Right? Okay. (laughs) So, on that hadith, what will happen? Allah Ta'ala will call the person and there will be an alim. Alim of deen. And he spent his life, and this is what he will present to Allah Ta'ala, that he spent his life spreading deen, teaching deen, guiding others to deen. And we can take alim in the looseless sense here to include people of tasawwuf or people of Dawah, any guide, murabbi, mu'allim, da'i, shaykh, sufi, I would translate it loosely. And Allah Ta'ala will say that, look, you did this also. Not only. You did it also so that people would praise you because you wanted the praise of the world. You wanted to be known As shaykh, you wanted to be known in this way. فَقَدْ كِيلٌ And so it was said. So you were praised. And Allah Ta'ala will order the angels who take the people to Jahannam to flip that person over and drag that person and cast them into Jahannam. Now when you think about this hadith, it's amazing. Why? Because our heart would say, okay, Ya Allah, you cancel their ill, Cancel it. Give them no reward for it. But judge them. Maybe they prayed salah. They went for hajj. They fasted. They paid zakat. They did sadaka. Maybe they're a good father. Maybe they're a good husband. Judge them on other things. No, no. Allah Taala kehate ki maine wo sab kuch nahi dekhna. Iski jo adam-e-ikhlas tha, iski ilm ki wajah se pehle ye jannat mein is adam-e-ikhlas ke liye jalna padega. Main na inki namaz dekhunga. I will not see their Hajj, I will not see their Zakaat, I will not see any other thing. In the Hadith, who will not see their Tazkara? Allah-Hakmar means in English that Allah Ta'ala, Ya Allah, you could have looked at anything else He did. But the Hadith is silent. Hadith just says, no, the lack of ikhlas they had in their work of deen... First, they must go to Jahannam and be punished and purified for the lack of ikhlas. There's no mention of their other things, their salah, their zakat, their hajj, if they were a good husband, a good father, nothing. Allah, of that second person, that he was a generous person, means he gave a lot of money for sabilillah. So that's what he will try to present. So then it will be said to him that, no, you also did this, not only you did it for Allah Ta'ala. That's also there You did it for Allah Ta'ala, yes. But you did it also because you wanted the people to call you generous. فَقَدْكِيلُ And so it was said, people called you generous. Therefore Allah Ta'ala orders the angels take this person to the fire of Jahannam. Again, the same thing. Okay, Ya Allah, cancel this charity. Give him zero reward for the charity. But he must have done so many other things. Hmm? That person who gave charity, he must have done salat, he may have done so many other things. Judge him on that? Allah says, no. <laughs> he has to go to Jahannam for this lack of ikhlas. Then Ajeeb, third person, Shaheed. <laughs> Shaheed gave his very life for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah gave his very life for the sake of deen, for the sake of Allah. But again it will be said to him, but you also, not only... You also did this so that people would remember you as shaheed, remember your bravery, call you martyr. And it, you were remembered like that. So again, this person will be dragged and cast into the fire of jahannam. Same feeling, cancel their jihad, cancel their shahada, give them no reward for that, judge them on the other things. No, no mention of that hadith. This lack of ikhlas, can you imagine shaheed, that do you mean you have any amal even like this? Hmm? Can we say we're such a great alim or da'i? Can we say we're so greatly generous? Can we say we've given, obviously we can't say that we've given our life for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. Hmm? We don't even have amal like that. And how many of us can say we're sure that whatever amal we do have, that are lessened than this, have ikhlas? Hmm? It's a very ajib hadith. It shows us how strictly Allah Ta'ala will examine on the Day of Judgment. It's a very strict examination. It's closely examined. Every feeling, every niyat we had, Allah is going to examine that. (laughs) There's a saying in Arabic that the people, I explained to you, it's the people, people need to have ilm. The person who has ilm, he must have amal. The person who has amal, he must have ikhlas. And even those who have ikhlas, they're also living on the edge, they're on danger that at any moment they could lose their ikhlas and they could also end up in the fire of jannah. This ikhlas is something that's lacking in us. I'm telling you, it's very difficult to have this level of ikhlas. It begins like that, but very quickly, all types of other needs, they creep up on a person. They surreptitiously try to enter a person. First you're doing it for Allah, then you're kind of doing it for your organization also. You're kind of doing it for your sheikh also. You're kind of doing it for your ustad also. You're kind of doing it for your jamaat also. These other needs they start creeping in. It's very difficult. It's very difficult to have this level of ikhlas. مُخْلِسِينَ اللَّهُ الدين. That, no, no, I'm only doing it for Allah Ta'ala. I'm always doing it for Allah Ta'ala. I'm always only doing it for the sake of the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. It's very difficult. Very difficult to have istikamat on this ikhlas. <laughs> that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala sorts this out. You can also look at this, that the tayyib for the tayyib, the pure will be for the pure, and the impure will be for the impure. Now obviously that has one meaning, right, in terms of our chastity. But it can also be this, that Allah Ta'ala wants pure. That that Jannat which is Tayyib, which will be for the people who are absolutely pure in their intention. That their a'mal were done only for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So I'm of Tafsir, when Allah Ta'ala said this word in Qur'an, sadiqeen, siddiqeen. They said, this is what sidq is. what does it mean? Kunu ma sadiqeen, that be with those who are true. Who are the ones who are true? They said, those who are truly mukhliseen. Those who truly live their life only and only for the sake of Allah Subhanahu. Those who are true to Allah Taala, who truly love Allah Subhanahu, who truly love Nabi Akreem Sallallahu they're true. So we are untrue. Allah Taala tells the untrue, you simply be with the true. So, see, you are untrue. You simply be with the true. Kunu kunu fayakun. Just be. Just put your existence with them. Just exist and be with them. Maybe some of the truth they have in their heart will trickle in and come into your heart. Allahu Akbar. So they will always be such mukhlisim. Mukhlisim. Who ultimately, Allah Ta'ala then, purifies them of their impurities. This is why our Akabir, awliya, ulama, they were very particular about their niya. Hatim al-Asam, he spent eight years with Shaykh, Somebody asked him that what did you do in eight years? He said it took me eight years to learn how to make proper niyyah. <laughs> it took me eight years to do tasiun niyyah, to learn how to in- make intention for everything that I do, that it connects me to the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala only. Allah <laughs> akbar We say in You have to learn this. You have to, in English it means you have to learn this, you have to be trained in this. This cannot come to a person automatically. Even these great people, they had to learn this, they had to be trained in this. You have another example. Once a sheikh went to a student's house, and the student had made a new house, and so he asked the student, that, why did you make this window? And the student said, well, I made this window so that I would get air and I would get light. Sheikh said, that's not niyyah. <laughs> You're supposed to connect everything you do to the love and pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. You should have made niyyah intention that I made this window so I could hear the sound of adhan. So I would be remembered, I would be reminded for salah. I would hear the zikr of Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. If you had made that niyyah, making this window even would have been a source of earning Allah's pleasure. And air and light would have come on its own automatically. Look at this level of niyyah that they had. Look at the level of ikhlas that they had. The most simple mundane things in life, they would use that to connect themselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These were called awliyaullah. They were the lovers of Allah ta'ala, the friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <laughs> Once I remember reading a commentary, I can't remember now which one, and I want to think it was the Sabik of Shaykh Ladith's commentary. Khair, but that the different They came up with over seventeen niyat of white to wear clothes. (laughs) Allah Akbar, look at this level (laughs) that you have to hide your satar, that you have to adorn beauty because Allah Ta'ala is beautiful, He loves which is beautiful, (laughs) that this unemat you should express your gratitude for the bounties that Allah has given you. There were so many intentions. Now the alim, he can see the depth of Deen and he can make so many intentions but it's only the Zakir alam who will remember to make those intentions. <laughs> yes, one thing is to have the ilm, to have the knowledge that you're able to discover those intentions or think of those intentions. That's the difference between the alam and the ordinary person. The alam knows more intentions and the zakir alim will remember to make those intentions. Otherwise, we don't remember. It's like we don't remember to even make masnoon du'as. Even the ones we know, <laughs> we just don't remember to make them. It's strange, <laughs> we know but we don't remember hmm? uh, since I said this I'll tell you one tip our sheikh he taught us that at night when you sleep you should make a type of qaza of your masnoon du'as you should go back and reflect on your day and think okay five times adhan happened did I say that du'a five times let's say six times I ate or snacked or drank anything did I say du'a before and du'a after I entered masjid five times did I say du'a upon entering Re- replay your day and remind yourself how many times and how many opportunities there were to say du'as. And then a kind of kaza, it's just an your memory, you say those du'as then. And what will happen is the next day, because of that exercise, the next day you will be able to remember better those du'as. And you keep doing this for a few days, that's it. It's just an exercise. These, it's sometimes the things the Mashiach teaches are very simple. It's not always very high-level saluk and very fancy things. No. Sometimes it's something so simple like what I just told you. But it has a lot of barakah in it, let me tell you. <laughs> Before we knew this, we also used to forget those musnoon duas. <laughs> and when you start practicing this, you will remember the musnoon duas, And then you will remember to make all the ones that you know. And then you will have in your heart a thirst to learn the ones that you don't know. And then you will go and learn them. And then you, even you will remember to say them. And then your day will be sprinkled with the sunnah of Nabi Akreem, This is also meaning... Ya اللَّهَ Because Nabi al was the greatest zakir of Allah SWT, and his musnoon du'as reflected the feelings in his heart. You see, Nabi al didn't make these du'as because they were sunnah. He made these du'as because there was a feeling of zikr in his heart all the time and even simple basic things. And his heart was so overflowing with these feelings for Allah SWT, that they would find their expression on his tongue. So we have to work this backward. We have to remember to express these words on our tongue and make dua to Ta'ala that, Yalla put the feelings of these words in my heart. It's a proper practice to be trained to make masnoon du'as with feeling and to make them as a type of zikr to Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is one example of the things that we learned from our mishaykh. Hazrat Shaykh Ladeez Mu'ala Muhammad has written about his father, Hazamu Yahya Khan That when it used to be summer, hot summertime. So from Asr to Maghrib there was a well nearby and he had one of his Talabah Khadim who used to pour bucket upon bucket upon bucket upon bucket of cold water over him. So once there was a Sufi Abid who came and he said, you know, this is Israf and you're wasting so much water, right? Because to bathe you just need, let's say, I don't know, one, two buckets of water and you're pouring, let's say, 30, 40 buckets of water on yourself. So this is excess, Israf, this is excess I said that, yes, if I was bathing with the niyat that you think, if I was using the water, with the niyat that you think I have that I was bathing, you would be right. But I'm not doing that. I'm doing it the to get to coolness. I needed to cool myself off. And because I'm doing it with this intention to cool myself off, so 10, 20, 30 buckets is fine. So they had different niyya. But look from the story also, can you imagine how much work that waliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is doing? Huh? And can you imagine how dedicated he was to that work? That he was going to the well that quickly cooled me off. Why? Because I have to go right back into it. Even their nights were hot. There was no electricity at that time. Forget AC, there was no fan at that time. Their days were boiling hot and even their nights were hot. And so right in the middle of it from Asr, at Asr time, they would cool themselves off so they could go right back into the thick of it. And this was their niyyah. Can you imagine how much Allah must have loved this wali of his that he's cooling himself off. He's been up all day from tahajjud to asr except a little bit of Kailula, And now he's ready for round two. And he's cooling himself off to asr because he's going to be up from asr all the way to late in the night again. This is the type of effort they made. This is the type of ikhlas they have. These were our akbar. So we also have to spend time fixing our niyyah. We have to spend time fixing our niyyah. And critically, we have to remove our in, uh, fixing our intention, we have to remove our from our intention any riyah, any sense of doing it for someone else or for the praise of someone else or for show, ostentation, display. We have to remove any sense of ujub. We have to remove any sense of self-worth or self-praise. In our mashaykh, they teach that this is how shaitan operates, but Shaitan's first attempt on a person is he wants them to commit a sin. This is the first thing he wants. He wants people to commit sin. And he will try to make a person commit a new sin. So that a new chapter of sin is opened up in their life. Okay, let's say somebody has some taqwa and they're able to resist that. Shaitan's next attempt is to try to make them repeat an old sin that they did. Pull up an old file. Remind them of some pleasure, some benefit. So they get again tempted and drawn to that sin. Let's say, Alhamdulillah, still a person has taqwa. Then shaitan's effort is what? Then that he should lower their a'mal. Because shaitan knows they must be doing some zikr, some ibadah, some amal, some khidmat. Due to which they're able to stay away from the sin. So he goes after that. He tries to make the person lazy. He tries to make the person say, okay, I can skip my zikr for today. I can skip my dawah for this week. I can skip my talim for today. He tries to make them go down. If they go down, then again they're weakened, then he goes right back and tries the first attack to make them do sin. Let's say there's somebody who, mashallah, they have so much taqwa, they, have, they don't fall into any of the sins, <coughs> and they have istikamat. They don't even let themselves go down in their amal. So now what does shaitan do with this person? Shaitan takes a mirror, and he shows that person himself. Yes? This is the most dangerous trick of shaitan, is when he speaks the truth. So he shows that person, oh look at you. (laughs) No, even before this, he shows the mirror of this person to others. That Look at this person, this person doesn't sin, look at this person, they're always in zikr, they're always in talim, they're always in gasht, they never missed sabak the whole year. So he shows it to other people and he says the truth. Why? Because he wants other people to start praising this person. So naturally other people start praising this person that mashallah, this person so sincere never misses majlis with shaykh never misses gajd, never misses sabak. So people start praising the person then shaitan takes another mirror and he magnifies the praise to the person. He makes the person see that look these people are praising you. And then that's another test. Another test is the test of riya. Now maybe the person may like the praise may enjoy the praise. Not even that they do it for the praise. You don't understand. Even if he's not doing it for the praise, he's doing it for Allah Ta'ala, but he enjoys the praise. Finished. (laughs) That's also no ikhlas. So shaitan magnifies the praises of those people to this person. Let's say that this person is even so strong on deen, even that doesn't affect them. Let's say they have no care for the praises. They're unaffected by the praises. They totally ignore the praises. Then shaitan tries one last amal. He picks up the mirror and shows the person himself. That look at you, mashallah! you don't sin. You're so consistent in your amal, ibadat, khidmat. Even people praise you and it means nothing to you. It has no effect on you. So then the person when they see that, they said, yes, I am something. <laughs> yes. Ujib. This is called last attack of shaitan. Yes, actually look at me. I don't notice the praises of others. I'm doing it purely for Allah swt. He starts enjoying himself. He didn't enjoy the other praises of him, but he's enjoying himself. This is Ujib. He feels that ujub, ikhlas is calm. Shaitan never gives up, never gives up. Hazrat Shaykh al-Shaykh he said, that ujub is the last sin to leave the salak. Last sin. Allahu Faint traces of it remain. You have to keep scrubbing, keep scrubbing, keep doing tazkiyah, keep scrubbing, keep scrubbing. It's only ultimately, finally, that that ujub is removed. And in our Mashaik, a is of it's the same thing. That ujab is the last batin sin that is removed from a person when they do the zikr al-qalbi. Allah Akbar. Look, another example I told you. This is what our Masha'ik teach us. They teach us how shaitan operates. Because Allah, Allah told us in Quran, فَاتَّخِذُوهُ aduba That you have to take him as an enemy. You have to be careful of him. Ward yourself against him. Protect yourself against him. This is also something we learn from our Masha'ik. They teach us these things. They train us. Why? Because they've spent so many years of their life trying to protect people from Shaitan, to take people out from the traps of Shaitan. They understand these things. They understand how the Shaitan tricks us, and they understand how our nafs tricks us. So they help us. They guide us. So we have to have ikhlas in whatever it is that we do. Imam Ahmed bin Hanbalum Allah used to keep the company of Abu Hashim As-Sufi and Talai. So Imam Ahmad was a great muhaddis Faqih And Abul Hashim Sufi was a abid, abd. So some students of Imam Ahmad asked, that, why do you sit with him? So he gave two answers. One answer he gave, if I didn't keep the company of this Sufi Sheikh, I would never have understood the fine, delicate intricacies of Riya. I wouldn't have known how to save myself from it. But because He opened up to me the subtle encroachment of this riah and ujub and taught me how to be wary of it, watchful of it, how to purify myself of it, this is what I learned from Him. Allahu Akbar. And second thing He said, and I keep the company of Him, why? So He said, "Ana I know the book of Allah. I'm a knower of the Book of Allah, and He is a knower of Allah. <laughs> That's why I sit with Him, like Allah Taala said in Quran: Al-Rahman, fas albihi Khabira. Allah Taala is Al-Rahman, but we have to ask those people who are khabir, who are the knowers of Allah Taala, who are deeply informed about Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So this is how he learned ikhlas, Such a great Imam. He also had to learn this ikhlas. He also had to learn how to be pure from these feelings of riyadh. Then now I'm fast-forward in history to another great personality. ram asr Now I don't think in this present company he needs any introduction. Hmm? But let me introduce his history to you. How did he begin? So he was a student at Darulam Deoband. He graduated from Darulam Deoband, and he went back to Gungo. And he was a mu'allim, he was teaching in Gungu. And one day he felt that, let me go to Tanabhavan and at least visit Hazrat Haji Imdadullah Muhajim Makini And he narrates his own story. It's his own narration of this that is mentioned in the books. So he went to Tanabhavan to meet Hazrat Haji Imdadullah Muhajim Makini And he just thought that he would spend some time in the evening and go back at night because he had to teach the next morning. So after spending a little bit of time in the Khanka, Khanka means a masjid that is dedicated to tazkiyah. A masjid that has a dedicated branch to train people in this ikhlas, to teach them this ikhlas, to instill in them this ikhlas, to purify them of every impurity. So one of the great places like this is in Tanabhavan, the khanka of Hazrat Haji. So after spending a bit of time, he wanted to go back to Gungu. So he went to Shaykh and he said, can I have Ijazah permission? I would like to go back. because I have to teach the next morning? So how's the "Good Sahib said, that you should have come and brought some time and spent some time with us. Can you spend the night? So he said, okay, I'll spend the night, but I'll have to go right after Fajr in order to reach in time for my morning classes. But then he said, but there's a problem. That if I spend the night here... So, this is a hanka masjid where people engage in tazkiyah. So, people will be doing zikr at night, ibadat at night. How will I be able to sleep? And if I'm not well rested, how will I be able to teach in the morning? So, Hajim Makkah says, no problem. What I'll do is I'll lay your bedding down next to mine. Hmm? someday. Huh? Uh, lohe ko ke paas na, to uske andar bhi aati i lay your bedding down to my... Key. He recognized... Uh, 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 when you put the steel next to the magnet, then the steel gets magnetized. He recognized something in Hazrat that this person has something in them. So he kept him for the night and sure enough, the bedding was laid down next to the sheikhs and Sheikh Rasheed and Gungorim Mufti Rasheed Amin went to sleep. When he went to sleep, sure enough, in the middle of the night, people started getting up somebody was reciting quran somebody was crying in the hanjad, somebody was making zikr somebody was making dua so the whole masjid you can say was humming and buzzing with the ibadat of allah subhanahu so he woke up he woke up didn't get up but he woke up and then he thought to himself that o oh rashid Ahmed, you think that you are al ulama and warasatu anbiya you pride yourself that you got this knowledge and that you're an alim and that by being, by virtue of this knowledge, you are a heir and legatee of the prophets. But actually, these people are doing what the prophets did. These people are the ones who are separating the signs from their beds, turning to Allah Taala Tahajjud. They're doing what Sahaba did. Wa bil So then he started He says, "I started remembering these verses of Quran, and I couldn't lie down anymore." That they call upon, they make du'a to their Rabb in fear and in longing and yearning and missing Allah Ta'ala. So he said he got up. Then he got up and he made wudu. And he also started, he started doing nakal of them. And he started making zikr of Allah Taala. And then it came time for Fajr. So here, then after Fajr, he went to Hazrat Hadisab to take leave. And he took leave. And then Hadi Sab told him that, Mir Did you see that man who was doing zikr near our sleeping place? He said, <laughs> said Shaykh, that was me. That was me doing that zikr. So, Hazar Hadi <laughs> Saab said that, agar zikr That if you want to make zikr of Allah Ta'ala, then why don't you be trained in this zikr? Why don't you make yourself trained to do this zikr properly? So, Shaykh, he said, okay, train me. He said, take bayah. He gave bayah and became student of Shaykh. You see, Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an, Ya Amanu He's giving us a command. All Allah Amanu. There's nobody's an exception from this. That a person says, No, this is mera hai. This is not my temperament. amanu kya. What does it mean that it's not in my temperament? You're Alladina Amanu. Everyone is Aladina Amanu. Everyone has to do Udkurullah Zikran it's not a question of our temperament, our inclination, or what line we belong to. No. We're all Aladina mm-hmm. So, Meir Ushid Ta'ala, he gave this, there yeah, became a student. Why? Because in another place, Allah Ta'ala is mentioned in Quran, Wa kathira, that that there We are being commanded to do zikr And the second ayah Allah Ta'ala is establishing, there are actually people who do the zikr with Zakirin Allah Kathira, there are those who remember Allah a lot. Yes? We take our Tafsir from Mufassireen. We take Hadith from Muhaddithin. We take Fiqh from Fuqaha. We take Zikr from Zakirin. This is called Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaa. This is our way. This is who we are. This is what we do. There will always be Zakirin Allah Kathira. Because Quran is a living tradition. So we should take our Zikr from them. So here, he started taking Zikr from Hazrat Hadith Abraham now, and he made arrangement for somebody else to teach in this place and he ended up staying some 30 days, some say 40 days in Tanabhavan. Okay, now the next step was what? The scrubbing of ikhlas. <laughs> scrubbing of ikhlas. So, Hazar then checked his ikhlas. So, what happened once? So there was another great sheikh, Naqshbandi shaykh, Hazrat Mulana Fazr and He came to Tanabhavan and they were like colleagues and friends, him and Hazrat Hadisab Ramtanaye. So somebody did dawat and invited them for dinner, right? And they made a grand dinner and made many, many dishes and Sheikh took Mulana Rashid Raman Gangori along with him. And when they came to the dinner and there was meat and chicken and who knows what, so Hazrat Hadisabi he took a small plate. He put a bit of dal, lentils, a bit of bread, and he gave it to me, Rashid Ahmed, and said, here, you go sit on the corner of the table spread, on the floor spread, and you eat this. Uh, now, if it was a marid of today, huh? Allah Akbar, he would say, look at this shaykh. Huh? Shaykh is eating chicken, and shaykh is eating meat, and shaykh is giving me dal. Huh? Marid would have failed this test, marid of today. Huh? Maharaj was eating, and then Hazar Haji was watching him, to see in his face, huh? In his face, is he feeling anything that he's been slighted? Has he been offended? Does he feel insulted? So he saw no. So they get another test. Mera Shri Naimad, Dil to merah chaara tha ke maya akut jutu ke baas bithan Allah That old Mawlana my heart wanted that I should have made you sit by the shoes of the people. So Mawlana Shri Naimad he smiled at Shaykh. Yes. <laughs> he smiled back and said, Shaykh, yes, that would have, my reality... Is that I should have been there? It is only your kindness and generous grace upon me that you're letting me sit at the edge of your table spread. A hmm? marid of today would have been like, oh, an alim. What talking about, marid. Alim, huh? An alim, molana, huh? And sheikh, non alim sheikh. Haji Saab Was not an alim, huh? A rare alim sheikh. If you talk to his alim, read like this today. With the king of the Hazrat Oh, you English people don't need to even understand that. Huh. That was for the others. Huh. Huh. The student of today wouldn't be able to handle that. Wouldn't be able to handle that reprimand. Hmm? But these were Mukhlis people. They were what we call talib sadiq. They really wanted this taskiyah. They would do anything for this taskiyah. They wanted this qurb with Allah Ta'ala. They wanted it out. They wanted everything out. They wanted the arrogance out. They wanted the riyah out. They wanted everything out. They went to great lengths to get this out. And they were great people. Even before he set foot in Tanabawan, Mellana Rashida was already a great person. <laughs> already a great person. So Khair, then when this time expired, so Hazrat Haji Sahab, he gave Khilafah. Falafah means that he said, okay, now I want you to go back and I want you to teach people this tazkiyah, this purification, this ikhlas. said, he said that, ha, he said to a sheikh, in English, he said, the sheikh, I'm nothing. <laughs> I'm nothing. And she said, yes, it's precisely because you view yourself to be nothing that I'm giving you this duty that you have to teach other people this zikr and tazkiyah. If you It means if you had viewed yourself still to be something, it wouldn't have been complete. So this is called ikhlas. This was their ikhlas. This was their ikhlas. Then around one year later, Hazrat Hadith Shah visited Gungo. And he had met again, So he asked him, What change do you find in yourself now? That you've gotten this thing, it's called nisbat that you've got this connection with Allah Ta'ala, that the mukhlisin have, the siddiqin have, the dhakirin have, the uliya have. So Muhammad Shaykh said, yes, I feel some changes. I feel three big changes. What? So the first difference was that before, and I was a very senior alim, but still sometimes I would see the,, fin I would see apparent outward contradictions sometime in some texts, some rep- narrations. And I would have to do a lot of research and try to figure out what it was. But now, alhamdulillah, I see no contradiction at all apparently in any of the texts of revelation and sunnah. It wasn't his academic endeavors that brought him to this level. It was his zikr of Allah Ta'ala and his ikhlas that brought him to this level. He said, second change I find in me is that before, sometimes I, I would do amal and ibadat, but sometimes I had to make myself do it. I had to step on my nafs to do it. Now, my state is such that anything and everything that is pleasing to Allah Ta'ala is pleasing to me, and anything and everything that is displeasing to Allah Ta'ala is displeasing to me. Even if something is slightly displeasing to Allah Ta'ala, it also becomes displeasing to me. Now I'll explain in Urdu second. He said Third thing, third change I find in me, is that before I wasn't 100% immune, that if somebody praised me, I would sometimes feel it. And if somebody would reprimand me, would be upset with me about something, then I would say, okay, maybe I should back down. But now I have no concern whatsoever if somebody is not happy with what I'm doing, if I know it's huck, and I'm not interested or even aware of in the slightest of any praises that people give me. Means an Urduk Zamka <laughs> Koi Now Sheikh <laughs> he said, O Malan Gungoy, congratulations to you. You have gotten level of perfection in the three main parts of Deen. Why? Because one level of deen is ilm and the perfection of ilm is to have such deep profound knowledge of the Quran and Sunnah and yet you see no contradiction in anything at all. You have the perfection of ilm. Second is amal. The perfection of amal is that you do everything that is slightly pleasing to Allah Ta'ala and you stay away from anything that is even slightly displeasing to Allah Ta'ala and you have the perfection of ikhlas. Because ikhla, perfection of ikhlas is what? That you couldn't care a whit and you were unaware entirely of what anybody says about you or how they praise you or whether they reprimand you. Allahu Akbar How did he get this darja How did he get this level? By training with his sheikh, By being trained... In this ikhlas, by being trained in this zikr. And on the other hand, there may be people like us, when we show up on the Day of Judgment, we don't have that. We have amal, but we don't have ikhlas in those amal. We have ilm, but we don't have ikhlas in that ilm. Hmm? One wali of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, he once went to a store, and he took out the money then, there were some goods he put, I suppose, on the counter, and he took out some money, and the person who was selling, the store owner, He said that these uh, coins of yours, they're worn out. They're worn out. They're no longer in use and circulation. They're not accepted as currency. So then he looked, and then he started crying. And he started crying. So then it was another person who said, Oh, no, old man, don't cry. I can pay for you. He said, I'm not crying because of that. I'm not crying. I can arrange other funds myself. I'm crying because a thought occurred to me. What that all this time I was in this store, I thought that the currency I had was valid. <laughs> and it turned out at the ultimate moment at the cashier that it's not valid. So it thought occurred to me that what if all my life I think that my a'mal are kare, and it turns out on the Day of Judgment, that all my life I thought my a'mal were accepted by Allah Ta'ala that I was doing it sincerely, and on the day of judgment, at the end, ultimate moment, I discovered that they're not accepted by Allah. So I'm crying, thinking about that, that what will happen to me then? Allahu Akbar? Huh? That's how they were, the slightest of things that would happen to them. Incidents and happenings in their life would remind them of Allah, would connect them to Allah. So here there's so many stories like this, of our Mashaykh and our Akabir. I want to tell you one more story, because this is a story that most likely even the ulama here would not have heard. Hazrat Sheikh al Hind was one of the great luminaries of Uloom Deoband, And in fact, one of the signs of his kubuliya is that every single student of Sheikh Hind in Dora Hadith, every one of student of Sheikh al Hind was accepted for khidmat of deen. Just like Sayyidina Rasululullah. Every single Sahabi was maqbool in the law. Hazrat Shaykh al had such a maqam that every single student of his was accepted by Allah for khilmat of deen. So I'm going to tell you one story of a student of his that likely you would not have heard of. But he was my dad Staz. That's why I want to tell you the story. His name was Malana Ghulam Rasool Ramtali. And he was from Ponta, which is a place in Punjab. In Pakistan, near Multan we have sujabad near sujabad we have Ponta. And Mawlana Ghulam Rasul, he went from Ponta to Dalum Deoban, and he studied Darsul in Darulam Deoban, and he was the lover of Hazrat Sheikh al-Hind. And he went on to become a great grammarian. He was known as Imam al-Sarf al-Nahu in Pakistan. Malana khair Muhammad who was Khalifa Majazif. Khalifa Majazif, Hazrat Hanabi, founder of Khairul Madaris, he gave this luck to Malovallah Rasul Pontvi Shamsun Nuhat means literally the son of the grammarians, the shining, sparkling, illuminating son of the grammarians, and Imam Safwanahu. So somebody was asked, Malana that how did you get this izaz? How did you get this kubuliyat? So he said, When I was in Darlum Deoban, I was the lover of my Ustaz and my Sheikh also. My Ustaz and my Sheikh, Hazar Shaykh of Hinram So much so that at night when it was dark and everybody would be sleeping, I would go and I would take off my imama. I would take off my turban, and the path that my sheikh would walk from his house to the classroom of hadith, I used to sweep that path with my imama. I used to sweep that path with my imama. He says, one night, due to some reason, maybe some Hajat, Allah, Hazrat Shaykh Alan came out of his house in the middle hours of the night, and right when I was sweeping the path with my turban, and so he looked at me, and he asked the Ghulam rasul, what are you doing? And because I was, so to speak, caught red-handed. Hmm? It was so clear what I was doing. So I told Shaykh, that I said, this is what I like to do, that I have so much love for you, that I want that where your footprints and your footfalls fall, I want to sweep that with my turban. So he says, how's Shaykh al looked at me, and then he just raised his hands. Oh, hmm? He raised his hands and he made du'a. One thing is to ask somebody to make du'a for you. Please make du'a for me, please make du'a for me. Oh, you're going there, make du'a for me, or you're on suffer. make du'a for me, or you're in the path of Allah, make du'a for me, you're going for make du'a for me. One is to ask someone to make du'a for you. We should do that. And one is that somebody on their own without you asking makes du'a for you. In Urdu we call that du'a lina. Those du'as are something very special. Those du'as are makabool in the law. Those du'as go straight, straight to the kabuliyat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says, Shaykh made du'a for me. And he made long du'a, silent. He made long du'a, long du'a. The al-Ghulam Rasul said that I feel that whatever I got in my life was due to the du'as of my Shaykh. So just so you understand who he was ponta is a place that at his time at his time is 30 kilometers from the road in order to get to his madrasa you would have to walk 30 kilometers from the road Now, when he came back from darlum deoband he made niyat that no i'm going to make madrasa in ponta i'm going to do khidmat of this village so he made a village in the middle of nowhere And so many students started coming from all over Pakistan, and they would get out from the horse cart or the buggy, and they would walk 30 kilometers into his mother son panta, Armeshayk. They call this jungle me mangal banana. Hmm? That he made a wellspring and a garden of the ilm of Allah Taala in this place, all the way in the middle. And although his own field was grammar, sarf nahu Arabic grammar. But Allah Ta'ala blessed him with two very famous students. Again, maybe not so famous in the Indian community in South Africa, but very famous for us. Allah Ta'ala blessed him with a great mufassir. His name was Hazrat Malana Abdullah Bailwiram who was a great mufassir of Qur'an, who conducted many, many of Tafsir. Hazrat Bailwiram then was Hazrat Ahmad then was Hazrat Malana Sarfraz Khan, then was Hazrat Abdullah Bailwiram mufassir of Qur'an. Also, he went all the way to Ponta to study with Malana Ghulam Rasul Vinam Tale, And Allah Ta'ala blessed him with a Muhaddis as a student, Hazrat Malana Abdullah Dar Khastin Maybe some may be more familiar with that name. Hazrat Malana Abdullah Dar Khastin was a great Muhaddis. And there are many stories of his meetings with Hazrat Sheikh Ladis Malana Zakirina Tale that one of Hazrat Sheikh Lisa and Khulafa used to tell us in Lahore. Ajeeb Muhaddis, Hazrat Malana Abdullah Dar Khastin He also went all the way in that town. The ponta to study with Hazrat. so this is the barakah of ikhlas, when you have ikhlas, then Allah can take any and every work of deen from you and if you don't have ikhlas then we may do it on the basis of our mind of our akal, of our strategy, of our thinking it won't get that level of qubuliyah so we should try to follow the method of our akabir our mashaykh our Hazrat says something, again I will say in Urdu and translate and end on this. Our Shaykh, he says, That we are insincere and impure followers of the most pristine, pure and sincere deen. So if only we could have as much sincerity and purity in our heart as sincere and as pure as Allah Ta'ala made this deen, that is called ikhlas. That's the level of ikhlas Allah Ta'ala wants from us. Mukhlisina luhuddeen, that everything we do in our deen should be purely and purely for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Now for those of you who are here, many here who may not be ulama, so I'll give you another understanding of ikhlas. How sincere should I be? So there are two aspects to this. To be sincere abd to Allah Ta'ala to be a sincere slave to Allah Ta'ala. What is ikhlas in that? You see, sometimes people think that ikhlas is just to be a good father, a good husband, a good mother, a good wife, a good son, a good citizen, a good student. No, no, no. That's one very level level of ikhlas. There's real ikhlas. That are you sincere in your relationship with Allah? Are you mukhlis ab to Allah subhanahu wa Ta'ala? What does that mean? Very simple. Ikhlas would mean... That to try to be as good an abd to Allah as good a rab Allah Ta'ala is to you. And if you think Allah Ta'ala is so-so rub of mine, okay, then you be so-so abd of His. Sometimes you worship and sometimes you misfajr, sometimes you obey and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you lower your gaze and sometimes you don't. Be like that. Be a so-so abd if you think Allah Ta'ala is a so-so rab. Al-Aman, al-Hafiz, na'udhu billah min Zalik, no way. <laughs> Allah Ta'ala is Rabbi Kareem. Allah Ta'ala is Rabbi Raheem. Allah Ta'ala is our most incredible, perfect, loving, generous, gentle Rabb. So then ikhlas means that we should also try. that. I also want to be your most loyal, loving, and slave. I want to be your obedient slave. I want to be a dutiful slave. Second level of ikhlas is ikhlas with Sayyidina Rasulullah ﷺ to be a mukhlis ummati, to be true and sincere ummati to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So same thing. How much, how good an ummati should I be? But however good a nabi he was to you, be as good an ummati to him. Hmm? If na'udhu you want to say this, that he was a so-so nabi to me, na'udhu billah min dhalik, astaghfirullah. If you want to say that, if you can say that, that he was a so-so nabi to me, okay, then you be a so-so ummati to him. Hmm? You follow part of the sunnah, don't follow the other part of the sunnah. Huh? But all of us know, no way. <laughs> he was the most shafiq, and the most generous and loving and sincere Nabi to me. So why don't we have ikhlas towards him and try to be his most sincere ummati, his most loyal ummati? Can we not be a loyal ummati to that Nabi who was so loyal to us? That Nabi Akreem sallallahu sallam who used to cry at night for us used to make du'as for us. Can you imagine how we must look to Allah Ta'ala that in the middle of the night, this was the time. This was the time that Nabiya used to cry for us and us. What do we do in the middle of the night is when we do those unspeakable sins. The same time the same time, late night, midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., when Nabi Kareem used to stand in Salah and swole up his feet and make dua to Allah Ta'ala, Ya, ya Rab Ummati, Ummati, Ummati for His Ummah. At that very same time, the sinners of today are doing sinning in the night. Can you imagine how ghair mukhtis we become? How insincere we become? No, no. Be as good an ummati to him, as good a Nabi as he was to you. This is real ikhlas. And if you can't have ikhlas with Allah Ta'ala, and you can't have ikhlas with Nabi Akram, it's not going to mean anything on the Day of Judgment that you show up, I was a good citizen, good professor, good student, good doctor, good mother, good boss. It will mean nothing. It will mean nothing. I'll prove it to you through example. If you have a son, and he's a terrible son to you, but he's a great husband to his wife, a great father to his children, a great employee at work, a great colleague to his fellows, a great friend to his friends, a great boss to his employees. Can he come to you and say that? Can he say that, okay, my father, I'm not a good son to you, but I'm a great husband, I'm a great father, I'm a great citizen, I'm a great educator, I'm a great businessman, I'm great this, I'm great that. You would say, my son, all of that is well and good. All of that is well and good. But I'm going to judge you based on how good a son you are to me. <laughs> hmm? That's what's going to happen on the Day of Judgment. This is a myth that people think that we can just pass that exam on the basis of morality. No, no, no. You have to have spirituality. You have to have deen. You have to have taqwa. You have to be the good abd. Mukhlis abd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mukhlis ummati of Nabi Akreem sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. May Allah Ta'ala accept us for each and every type of ikhlas. May He make all of our amal khalis. May He make our ibadat khalis. May He make our ilm khalis. May He make our speaking khalis, our thoughts khalis, our feelings khalis. May He make us also mukhlisinallahu ad-deen wa-akhirin da'wana and alhamdulillahi dham bin Before we make dua, make few moments, silent zikr. This is called Muraqama. Close your eyes, bow your head. Disconnect yourself from everything in the world and all that it contains. Make niyat and wadkur rabbaka fi nafsik khifa. That, Ya Allah, I'm going to remember you inside myself. Ey fi qalbik in my spiritual heart with humility, longing, yearning, with silence and secrecy. How, Ya Allah, You told me in Quran, "Wazkur Ilayhi Then I'm going to make dhikr of Your name, Your blessed, beautiful name, Ismi Azim, ism Jalala, Allah. And Ya Allah, I ask of You, as You promised in Quran. فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرْكُمْ That you remember me, Ya Allah, that send the nur of your rahma on my heart, send the noor of Makfra on my heart, forgive my heart for its sins, purify my heart of its sins, fill my heart with your love, incline my heart towards your deen, and my, I make niyyah, that my qalb is silently calling your name, that my qalb is doing zikr, Allah, Allah, Allah. لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله مجد الله ربنا وحده اللهم صلنا على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم ربنا على من نع وإن لم من الخاسرين رب أنت خير الرحمين. Ya We are weak, sinning servants and slaves. We are needy of you, Ya Allah. We are dependent on you, Ya Allah. We came here tonight seeking your love, seeking your pleasure, seeking your Qurb. Ya Rabbi Karim, forgive us for all the sins that we ever did. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we did in the day. Forgive us for the sins that we did at night. Forgive us for the sins that we did in our hearts. Forgive us for the sins that we did in our minds. Ya Allah, take out from our mind all these sinful thoughts. Take out from our heart the sinful Desires, Rabbi we ask that you purify us of every unlawful love, every unlawful lust, every unlawful romance. Ya Kareem, take out from our heart every attraction to Ghir Mahram, every infatuation of Ghir Mahram, every awareness of Ghir Mahram. Take out from our heart any and all love for the dunya, love for money, love for wealth, love for luxury. Ya we ask that you take out from our heart the love for our own self, love for our talents, love for our skills, love for our accomplishments, love for our khilmat and Ya Rabbi Karim, after you purify our heart fill our heart with love for you Ya Allah we too want to be وَالَّذِينَ but this extreme love in our heart Fit, ya Rabbi kareem, and put in our heart love for Quran, love for deen Islam, love for Nabi Akrim sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, love for all of his seerah, love for all of his sunnah, love for all of his sahaba love for all of the siddiqeen shuhada, ulama awliya, salihin love for all mu'mineen Ya Rabbi Akrim, you'll unite us on this love, make us steadfast on this love, make us true on this love and Ya Rabbi Akrim, Allahumma ja'anna min al-mukhbiseen Yalla make us from the Muhlisin, make us from the Muchlassin, Yalla make us as sincere as we can be, and then purify the rest, Ya Allah. Make us your sincere servants. Ya Rabbi, we too want to be loyal to you, loving to you, obedient to you. Make it so, Ya Rabbi, and forgive us for all of our disloyalty up till today, all of our gaflet up till today. Ya, for so long we have been neglectful of you, negligent of you. We make toba of this on this night. remind us when we we forget. Guide us when we go astray. Stop us when we want to sin. Ya Rabbi Kareem, keep us in your hifaza, Ya Allah. Keep us in the aman of iman. Keep our iman in your hifaza, Ya Rabbi Kareem, we make dua for all of those who are here. Put barakah in our time. Barakah in our health. Barakah in our earning. Ya Allah, put barakah in our deen, Ya Allah. Let every ibadah have an effect on us. Let every suhbah have an effect on us. Let every amal have an effect on us. Let every khidmat have an انفیکت ان اس یا اللہ یا کریم ہم نے گناہ کما فرمایا اپنا فضل کرم سے معاملہ فرما یا رب کریم اپنا غلامی دے دیجئے اپنا غلامی کا تاج پہنا دیجئے نفس کو غلامی سے چھنوا دیجئے اپنا بندہ بنا دیجئے یا رب کریم ہم اب تک نہیں بن سکے بنا یانی غلام بننا چاہتے ہیں ہمارے پورے خاندان کو اس غلام کے لیے قبول فرما ہم اپ کے نسل غلام بننا چاہتے ہیں ہماری پوری نسل کو اس غلام کے لیے قبول فرما ہمارے اولاد کی ایمان کی حفاظت فرما قیامت تک تمام آنے والی نسل کی ایمان کی حفاظت فرما یعنی بکریم جب تیری نظر کو پیدا فرمایا ہرتے بکرم وہی نظر ہمارے نصف پر بھی ڈال دیجئے ہمارے نصف سے ہزاروں صلحہ کو پیدا فرما ہزاروں دائی کو پیدا فرما ہزاروں اولیاء کو پیدا فرما اپنا چاہنے والوں کو پیدا فرما آپ کے ماننے والوں کو پیدا فرما ہرتے بکرم ہم के فساد में है زمانے میں ہے فسق فجور کے زمانے میں ہیں. پوری نسل کو مؤمنین حق میں آپ کا होगा, ہوگا آپ کا فضل का होगा, معاملہ ہوگا یا ربی کریم جو تمام حاضرین مجز سے جن کی دلی فریاد ہیں سب کی دلی فریاد کو قبول فرما نیک مرادوں کو پورا فرما یا ربی کریم جہاں بھی دین کا کام ہو رہا ہے سب کو قبول فرما مساجد کی حفاظت فرما مکاتب کی فرما خان اللہ اللہ سب کو قبول فرما یا ربی کریم دعوت تبلیغ کی محن کو قبول فرما جہاں بھی جماعت پھر رہی ہیں ان کو قبولیت عام عطا فرما کریم لوگوں کو متوجہ فرما کریم چاروں طرف باطل ہے. تو بھی الہادی ہے ہدایت کے چشمے کو جاری فرما اس ہدایت کو ساری جاری فرما یا ربی کریم امتِ مسلمہ کی نوجوانوں پر اپنے خصوصی رحمت نازل فرما وہ آپ کو پہچانتے نہیں اپنے پہچان دے دیجئے آپ بس اپنے تعرف کروا دیجئے وہ بھی آپ کی ماننے والے بن جائیں گے وہ بھی آپ چاہنے والے بن جائیں گے وہ ہم سے بہتر آپ ماننے والے بن جائیں گے وہ زیادہ اخلاص اپنے رحمت کا تعریف کروا دیجئے ہدایت ان پر نازل کر دیجئے یعنی بکریم جہاں بھی امد پریشان ہے امد کے پریشانیوں کو دور فرما مظلومین متاثرین پر اپنے خصوصی رحمت نازل فرما جہاں حق اور باطل کا جنگ ہے حق کو غالب فرما باطل کو مغلوب فرما اور ہمیں ہمیشہ حق کی جانمداری افتیار کرنے نصیب فرما یعنی بکریم اس مسجد کو ادارہ سکون بنا مرکز سکون بنا مرکز بنا Quran سندر شریع کے گفارہ Bana, یا ربی کریم اس مسجد سے یا ربی مسلین فرما مسلین مخلصین کو فرما مسلین صالحین کو فرما مسلین ذاکرین کو فرما یا ربی کریم اپنے کرم فضل سے ماری ان فرما ربنا تکمل منا إنك أنت السبیع العليم و توب علینا انکا التواب الرحیم. وصلى الله تعالى على حبيبه سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمتك يا حمر روحي